Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk about how do you know when your animal needs fascial work, fascial assistance, canine, equine, feline, porcine, all of the ions. <laughs> what is the best indicator for you to know whether you can help out or to seek out professional help with a fascial leaning or a fascial technique. And a lot of times you'll find this when you pet your animal. When you reach down or you slide your hand down their back, one of the things you'll see them do sometimes is cringe or a twitch that will go throughout the skin, the area that you're touching. And that's called a paniculus. And one of the things that you can find is that if you're used to grooming, and all of a sudden an area that has previously been very easy, pleasant, non, in, you know, just a non-entity in order to, to address that area, all of a sudden they start being reactive. And as Dave said, that can show up as a cringe, and that can show up as a worm-like movement through the skin that'll actually have a directionality to it, letting you know not only where there is an impingement within that fascial gliding, but also in what direction it goes. And the more comfortable you are in working with fascia, the more you personally can address it, even in your grooming skills, and the more important it is for the, you to communicate this with your movement specialist. Yeah, and in, especially like in horses, one of the common areas you'll find is girth areas, under the saddle, back of the saddle, uh, the what we call the thoracolumbar area, which is the area just behind the saddle, but before you get to the low back. And in between the ribs, for sure, can be a very uh, common area in both horses and dogs. In, in dogs, it's typically created by one dog T-boning another and causing an impact. And then you may not see a lameness until there's so much restriction within those fascial tendencies that it has been going on quite some time. So this is why we highly recommend that you understand how you as an owner and you as a practitioner can begin to use a fascial assessment in everything you do and then understand how to address it. And sometimes you'll see it in the way they move so with, with dogs. Sometimes because people that work their dogs, the dogs are always on the left-hand side of your, the human body and they turn their head looking up towards the person that's leading them. And sometimes you'll find that oh, they have trouble turning their head and looking up or they have trouble turning their body one direction or the other or when they go, their gait is short on one side compared to the other. Those are all real good indications that maybe there's a fascial issue. And how do we address it? And really, you know, sometimes knowing is wonderful, but if you don't then know what's the step to take, all you have is awareness. And we would love you to be able to provide some solutions right away. And in the case, for example, Dave was talking about um, show dogs, where they're walking on the left side and they're looking up to the right often when they're in form. So what that does is it takes the line of fascia that runs from the head all the way down to the hind leg on one side and it shortens it. 
while at the same time lengthening that, and we call those the superficial dorsal lines. Well, just because something is shorter doesn't mean it's looser. Just because something is longer doesn't mean it's tighter. They can be locked in tension in both directions, and they can be locked in a directionality from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top, or side to side because they've been restricted in another plane of motion. So first and foremost, you observe, and then you have to listen to the flow. Yeah, because you have to think about fascia is, uh, its purpose in the body is both as a stabilizing factor and also as a contraction factor, which all the musculature working together through the fascia is part of that contraction or movement. So when there's adhesions or old scars or old injuries, there's gonna be fascial restriction in those areas and they need to be addressed because addressing them as soon as possible after an injury will lead to better mobility later in life. Just like scar tissue, if you give it a chance to build, that scar tissue will build up and will, will actually grow. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the autopsies, autopsies we saw in the equine profession, uh, they showed a tiny little scar in the hip that was maybe an inch long, but when they opened it up underneath, there was a spider ne network as big as a basketball under the fascia. So we cannot unscar true scar tissue where the fabric of the type of tissue has changed. What we can do is allow the tissues that are still continuous to glide, to allow movement over it, to improve blood flow, to improve nutrient exchange. And as a practitioner, you can do this using fascial tools. You can do this using PEMF. You can use acupuncture, and you can use kinesiology taping. And the techniques are specific. They are non-arbitrary. They are specific for increasing glide, increasing flow through those areas, and seeking out professionals who understand that directionality is individual for each specific horse, dog, cat, pig, at that moment, and just because the fascia was, was restricted in the sacroiliac going from the tail to the head doesn't mean next time that's gonna be the way it's restricted. So being able to use a fascial tool to feel where that glide is inhibited and in what direction and then address it and then use what you know in order to improve it. You know, a little bit goes a long way. And remember what you're doing when you do your fascial work is it's not about trying to make a change in the tissue. In other words, you feel that bump, don't grind on that bump till you think it's gonna go away. That's not how it works. This is all about, this is what we call about talking to the brain. So what you're really doing is you're affecting the neurological part of those. You're affecting the nerve endings that are in that area and that talks to the brain and then the brain talks to the tissue. That's what makes the change, not the pressure of the tissue. Because they found, uh, according to Schleep, the 
amount of pressure it takes to actually change tissue is 2,000 pounds per square inch. In other words, you have to park your truck on them to actually make a change in the tissue. And it's so not you, a good one. Yeah, so you're not <laughs> going to do that because you're going to create more trauma trying to break up the tissue. We always hear that term. I'm breaking up the adhesions. and that's, Show it. Show it to me. Yeah. Show me Show me the ultrasound. Um, again, you know, what Dave is saying is is based on a combination of experience and science. And it takes proper input to create proper output because our body is a clump, a complex system. And now reading Thesis' book on complexity, my brain is so happy because he's putting into words actual scientific data for what we experience every day in life is that everything causes everything. And by making a small shift, you can allow the entire body to adapt in a positive way, in a desired way, to your input. And again, that's why fascial work done with purpose and intent can create a huge improvement in the function and the comfort of your animal. Yeah, and we're dealing with quadrupeds. Quadrupeds are great at compensating through their whole body. So when you find one area, I guarantee you're gonna find a second area because they have the tendency, they have four legs on the ground. So what starts off in the hind end ends up at the front end, which ends up back in the hind end, which ends up back in the other front end. It moves around, so you're gonna have to look and discover and find, and you're gonna have to put on your Sherlock Holmes hat to find those areas because they're there, you just gotta look for them. And then you want to provide the difference that makes the difference, which is why many tools in your personal toolbox, if you are a, an owner, hands-on trainer, or you are a physician professional, you need to know which tool is going to be the difference that makes the difference in that moment. And sometimes throwing everything at it can be counterproductive. So we want to know why we use fascial tooling as part of our evaluation is because it gives us input that we can then use an output that gets the results we want and always, always, always be monitoring and listening to the animal you have your hands on, watching the eyes, watching the breathing, watching the demeanor and the body movement towards or away. All of these are keys into whether or not you are making a positive impact, a helpful impact, and often less is more. Other things that you can utilize to directly affect the fascia is you know, working with kinesiology tape. Why? Because you are literally talking to the interoceptors in the hair follicles. You're pulling that slight little pull which says to the brain, hi, here I am, pay more attention. So you can change gait very easily by changing attention. And by changing that attention, you can increase activity in that area, which will then affect the fascial glide in that area. You know, we, we are finding that motion, as we say, motion is lotion, as it starts to move more correctly, then you get more blood flow, then you get more lymphatic flow, then you get ease of movement. And we 
Wendy talked about tools. There are a lot of different types of tools out on the market. We've been using tools from a company called Vetkin, also Thizol is Yeah. It's okay. been very fast. And they have a number of different tools. You have to get some and, and put them in your hand and try different things because you'll find different tools work better for different people, depending on the size of your hand, depending on the animals that you're working on. So there's a lot of different tools. And besides, there's also kinesio taping, when you learn how to kinesio tape. Vibration plates. Vibration plates are great, especially variable frequency ones, because depending on what frequency you need to use, depending on whether you're trying to relax something or tonify something, because they're, it's not all about just relaxing tissue or just getting tissue to glide. So there's also proprioceptive issues. Can they feel where they are in space. There's other issues besides just trying to move tissue around and create better glide. And Dave was mentioning frequency. One of the things I love about addressing fascia with laser is that I can alternate the frequency of the laser and literally read the body's response. I can be getting a fascial um, irritation, a, a fascial congestion, a lack of glide, and use different frequencies, and all of a sudden notice that you're getting comfort, head dropping, eyes rolling back, literally going into such a pleasure phase, and no more uh, irritation while touching the surface. So you have options and your therapists have options and the more observant you are, the more you can know which is the difference that makes the difference. So you gotta be curious and you've got to watch your animals because they will show you if you're paying attention. They'll show you in their movements when they have something. Horses will have a head tilt maybe to one side or they'll, what we call banana. Their body bananas to one side, and this happens with dogs all the time too because they're always on the right side looking, or they're always on the person's left side looking up to their right. And like Wendy said, one side of the fascia is lengthened, the other side of fascia that ends up getting contracted, and they could end up being banana-shaped as well. Those are real good indicators of, hey, there's some fascial issues here we can address that'll really help this animal out and increase the quality of their movement. And what's interesting, when we first started, Dave was talking about how they compensate I use the Revitavet red light therapy on Natiri because she's coming 13, this dog who has quite a lot of arthritic issues that we are aware of and can move like she's 110 or move like she's five, depending upon the glide of the, of the fascia over all of these joint spaces and areas of previous injury, previous scarring. So I was focusing on her pole. I was putting the red light on her atlas and I was putting a large band with the IR system over both hips and her sacroiliac. And her hind end started moving and then she started favoring her right front because I had put so much attention into one area that another area showed up. Again, awareness. So last night I said, okay, fine, we're gonna use a, the large uh, pad over lower neck, shoulders, and front, another large pad over lumbosacral areas and hips. And lo and behold, this morning she's diving into the pool and giving me a freedom of motion. And no matter what, when you understand the mechanism of how fascia both protects and defends, how it expands and contracts, how it informs 
the body and the brain as to what is needed, then you can really choose how to use the tools at hand. And for you who are um, owners, your grooming tools are wonderful fascial tools if you use them multi-directionally and notice where you get a positive feedback from your horse or dog and, or a negative. My cat will bite me when I come near it with the brush, so it's not quite as useful an evaluation tool. But maybe your cat is um, a bit more cooperative. And just to plug my wife's books, for those of you out there that are interested in finding out more about fascia and specifically how to treat it in the equine or in the canine, she has two books. One is Improving Equine Mobility and the other one is Improving Canine Mobility. I highly recommend both of them. It's a great teaching tool. It gives you step-by-step -step information on how to identify, how to treat equine and canine fascial issues. Thank you, Dave. And that's on Equiline.com. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.